What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time, I go over some of the latest headline articles from a national level, look at what is happening on a local level in terms of relevant headlines. And then I will also showcase a little bit of the market data so that you can see for yourself what is actually happening on a week by week basis all over Santa Clara County. In addition to my personal feedback, because I make several offers a week in all counties. So you can hear from myself in terms of you know, where prices are at, when they're basically going to go pending, what the current competition is, and just what has been going on in the local market. The benefit of that for you that is that are listening is that this is competitive intel that gives you a an advantage because this is information that is not yet public. Just as you as you know, when things are sold, it does not mean it ha the the prices are revealed until they actually close, which is usually thirty days after. So there's something to be mindful of. But thanks for tuning in. We got a lot of news to cover, especially from a national level. The most important thing is the additional stimulus that Biden is proposing. Another $1.9 trillion of COVID relief plan that goes all sorts of things. This time around, it's a little bit different. This is a little bit, this will be geared towards more directly to the consumers. So as you can see, direct payments of $1,400 to most Americans, bringing the total relief to $2,000. And this will include December $600 payment. This would increase the federal per week unemployment benefit to $400 a week uh, or an additional $400 uh, a week. He has proposed to increase the federal minimum wage to $15 per hour. Now, every state has its own guidelines already. So many places, uh, I believe it's already that I think California may already be this figure already, but this could impact all across the country. They're going to be extending the eviction and foreclosure uh, moratoriums until the end of September. Currently, I believe it's till the end of January, if not, maybe got to extend to end of February, but something to be mindful for of those that are really hoping and banking on this massive wave of foreclosures, which may not be likely to happen anytime soon. $350 billion in state and local government aid, $170 billion for schools. And this includes teachers. This includes uh, a lot of people have re re uh, need the schools to be running for them to even get food and supplies. So it's a lot of relief for that. $50 billion towards COVID-19 testing, $20 billion towards a national vaccine program and partnerships. And then there's this uh, making the child tax credit fully refundable for the year and increasing the credit to $3,000 per child. And this is uh, geared towards family. So it's kind of interesting to see what he is proposing. You know, it, I mean, I don't, I don't always agree with the plan, but as you can see, it's a lot of direct aid for individuals and families. It's protecting, as you can see, um, anyone that's in distress or anyone that may be evicted. There's unfortunately not as much uh, news about the COVID thing, uh, like just getting COVID, uh, or at least getting vaccines out faster. So maybe 20 billion is enough you know we're then again we're talking about massive numbers here right 1.9 trillion dollars and so maybe 20 billion is enough i mean we, we kind of lose sight because 20 billion relative to all these other things seems pretty small but i would have thought if we can get you know the vaccines out or get people um taken care of sooner than 
we wouldn't need to spend all this money. So it's, it is interesting to see what will happen. Um, but these are the plans. And so hopefully it's not too late. That is the key. You know, one of my favorite places around where I live, a place called Bento Express, if anyone's in kind of the Milpitas area, really sad. Just a few weeks ago, walked by, wanted to order food because they weren't picking up their phone calls. And uh, they've been in, in business for 31 years and they, they closed. Um, just really, really sad to see one of, one of the best places for very, very affordable um, uh, Japanese food. And so what I wanted to see was, okay, well, there's another $1.9 trillion coming in, right? And so what does that actually mean when it comes to how does that, like, what is the total spent of this whole, of, of just in general, of, of stimulus in general? And you can see the numbers so far, already previously, there was already $2.6 trillion spent. There was a $900 billion stimulus tax relief. So total spends already $3.7 trillion. And now the next stimulus, this is dated before, is uh, another, let's say, 1.9. So the total, if you add it up together, is, what is that, of uh, $5.6 trillion. Uh, incredible amounts. I mean, look at the deficit that we will have. So it's really interesting to see. Short term, I think we're going to have just an incredible amount of stimulus. And we may have some of the craziest asset class runs that we will see in a long time. And that goes for several reasons. You can see already when it comes to the stock market. I mean, look at all the IPOs, all the SPACs, how they're doing, even though many, very few are actually making money. And you can see what's happening when it comes to real estate. Now, for those that are um, bearish of the future, obviously, this is a massive problem when it comes to debt. However, I think everyone is in alignment that we need to get through this and then worry about the debt later. So there's a very popular saying, which is when the music is playing, there's a certain game that you have to play. And this is the reality of what it is, because right now, if they pr they are printing this much money, which is basically $5.6 trillion, uh, or at least five, over $5 trillion into the system. Uh, if you're in cash, it's going to be very difficult, right? Obviously, it's going to be eaten away very quickly. Um, so the only way to play is in assets. And, and you have stocks. Bonds aren't, aren't the best options these days either. And it's real estate. So it's interesting to see. It's very important for people to understand that, um, just so they have an idea of what is kind of going down the, the line. As comparison, I wanted to review, like, how was this? You know, we all talked about the Great Recession and how bad it was, and it was terrible. And it's important to understand, like, how much stimulus was during that time. And at that time, it was a total of $2.8 So at this time, we're going double the amount of stimulus that was in that program. And look at how incredible that bull run has been. I mean, it's been 10, 11 years now with that amount. Imagine when we're going to double that amount of stimulus at this time. Like, what does that mean? And it's already playing out. There's already a lot of signs of, you know, it is pushing everybody to more riskier bets and assets because, um, because of how inflation may be, but also just, just cash is just is not good. It's going to get eaten away. Um, so you can see that across all assets, right, including even Bitcoin now. So really, really interesting to see. Very important for people to understand when it comes to your money how you play this game um, in this situation. Because if there was this massive bull run from 10 years of only 2.8 trillion, I mean, what do you think is going to happen now with $5.6 trillion 
that is in. And some of it is just being, you know, it's it's already in the system, but it just takes time for the market and also for people to actually get it. But at the same time, it's a big divide, right? So um, the top percentile has has earned an incredible number. I, I saw the, the statistics recently. I think the top 1%, I think they earned like another over $1 trillion uh, of like uh, of kind of market cap for the, for the companies. So it's been really, really incredible to see. So hope that gives you an idea of the high level and kind of what to expect. I think because of this, and it's already been showing, but now another $1.9 trillion round, um, we're going we're gonna to have a pretty wild time when it comes to real estate. And I'll tell you about the, the local aspect in a moment. So let's talk about other news. Facebook proposes focused revamp of Willow Village in Menlo Park. So I've been harping about this for a while now. Facebook continues to expand their corporate real estate footprint even as we speak. However, they have made some reductions in terms of the office space. However, this office space has not changed to what it was before. It was actually adjusted to 1.25 million square feet from the previous 1.75 million square feet uh, about, uh, I think, at least a few months ago. But the biggest difference is they are increasing the amount of housing in the area. So now they're going to be having uh, 50, uh, from 1,500 to now 1,700 houses. It's not a lot, but then again, any additional homes will help. And then 20% of the units will be affordable homes. So these are typically geared towards low income. They could be senior homes. They could also be through the program, which is called like a BMR. So that's more of a lottery based. So there's something to be uh, aware of. Next, when it comes to uh, other corporate real estate news, Emeryville public market bot will be converted to biotech space. So it's been a it's been a big, um, it's been really really big in general in terms of companies or uh, corporate real estate entities figuring out what spaces can be bought, whether it's traditional real uh, real estate space or other uses. And then converting that, we saw many of these already being converted to biotech space because the biotech industry is just booming and has been better than ever. And I suspect that will be a continued trend, especially in the Bay Area, where we are the largest biotech hub in the country. I don't know if it's the world, but certainly a very big player on a global level. Really interesting to see. This is, um, in a sense, a frontier for for what is what other opportunities are for the Bay Area. Now, other relevant news, Compass files for IPO. So I work with a different brand. I'm with EXP. We are a virtual brokerage and uh, we are a publicly traded company. And if you just look up the ticker EXPI, it's done incredibly well. I think it may have increased eight or nine times, uh, eight or nine X from just a year ago because of the migration of of people thinking that um, the the brick and mortarless aspect will do very well. So EXPI has done phenomenally well during this time. Compass is also a very big player. Now their strategy has always been interesting. They've always told about tech and innovation. And but what they did was really, really interesting is they actually gave a lot of golden handcuffs to some of the biggest uh, teams all across the country in specific markets where they want to dominate. So they thought, hey, look, if we can give money and get these top teams over us, we will control the listings. When we control the listings, other agents may decide to join. So it's really, really interesting of how they actually framed their business model. Now, they slowed down significantly 
for various reasons. And it's likely a big part of it is because they, they were filing for an IPO. So they probably wanted to trim the loss losses because they're spending a lot of money. I mean, we're talking about six figure, seven figure checks just for a team to switch a brokerage. So it's been incredible to see what they have done and along with all the acquisitions they have done. However, once they go IPO and now a lot of their uh, now now a lot of their funds, uh, a lot of their earnings and their revenue share can be just the general market, they could be running something similar to like an EXP model where they can actually give shares uh, for for people coming in. They can also probably give shares to their current um, uh, agents. And so it'll be really interesting to see what their future compensation model will look like. But also at the same time, they will also have a lot more liquidity. So they will have a lot more money to also buy. But then again, the challenges are gonna be a public company. So all of their information, including their earnings will now be public. So it's just something interesting to see, but Compass is one of the biggest players, at least from kind of that mid to luxury types of uh, homes in a lot of markets across uh, the US but we should see and we'll see those revenues. I suspect it will be a huge, um, from a financial perspective, a big uh, money loser. And I'm sure over the last maybe year, it's probably gotten better because they, they slowed down significantly once they, they've made a lot of their major acquisitions the last few years. But it'll be interesting to see. And because the market is so hot, you know, just like everything else, all the FinTech, all the real estate tech companies, uh, have done phenomenally uh, well right now. So I think they'll probably do well just because of the market that we're in. Next, new year optimism reflected in mortgage applications jump. Uh, it's been incredible to see. It's been it's had a decline in the holiday season. Makes sense. People may not have the right framework. At the same time, there just wasn't many inventory for anybody to buy anyways. But I think, uh, no, I think it's shown that we are in for a wild, wild year. Next, some people, there's, it's not all good news when it comes to real estate. There are many pockets and many sectors that are doing very, very poorly. And one of those sectors is the office market, especially in San Francisco, where it, where it attracts a lot more smaller companies, a lot more younger companies, a lot more kind of medium-sized companies. And you can see all, there's, there's never been a higher vacancy amount or amount of available inventory than ever as you can see it's the lowest level on record dating to the 1990s however um this pre uh, provides an interesting opportunity there may be different people that may be looking at this as is this the bottom i mean or does this continue to go lower i mean we see all these negative headline articles i had a lot of conversation with many clients that are actually looking to buy an sf right now because maybe we're at the closer to the bottom than at, at the height of things but still, at this time, it's still not good, um, and it's, there's no signs uh, as of as of yet until potentially the vaccine is out and, and things are actually open again. And the other bad news, or the other news to be aware of, New Year sees 2.74 million dollar us uh, 2.74 million loans in forbearance. That estimates about 5.2 percent of all mortgages in forbearance. Now, it is important that this number has dropped. Um, so it's fell, fell by 92,000 for the first week of 2021. The numbers in general are not good. However, it is important to understand several things. Um, it depends on the area. So our market here in the Bay Area has a very different effect 
because of prices, as you have seen, have continued to rise. So even though people have not actually made payments of their loans, the value of the homes have continued to increase in many cases, depending on the property that they have. And so they may not be actually that much distressed to sell, especially as you saw with Biden's plans. If they want to truly extend this to, you know, end of September, I mean, that's a long time um, for another, you know, another grace period of eight months. So if people really want to sell, they would probably still earn a lot of money in the Bay Area. However, in a lot of other markets where it hasn't been driven up as as much, like and it's been relatively flat, and that's much more of a risky uh, type of proposition if you're considering to buy an investment property or buy a property out there in general. So something to be mindful of. Um, I don't see too much of this impact in the Bay Area. Like I said, if they're really in distress, uh, reach out to me. Or if you have anybody in distress, reach out to me. Happy to help. You can go through the process, but most likely you're probably making a good piece of a good chunk of money while not even paying for the mortgage. So something just to be mindful of, but we will continue to monitor this and see how this plays out. Okay, so that goes a little bit about the local news. Let's talk about the actual real estate data itself and let's see where prices have been going and where they're likely to go. Now, uh, this week, I'll give you a quick update in terms of what has been going on my end. So on my end, I made about four offers this week. I made one in Daly City, actually two in Daly City. The first one that we lost in Daly City, um, that one had about 17 offers. It broke records, ultimately sold, sold for close to 1.5-ish million for a single family. So for those that are familiar with Daly City, you will know that is a very, very high number in Daly City. So something to be aware of, uh, lots of competitions there, lots of competition there. We made another bid on another house in North San Jose. That one had about 16 offers. Uh, it went at about, I mean, it went above expectation of where the market should have been. Um, so that's something to be mindful of. Milpitas, North San Jose, it's a very competitive market. Expect 15 to 20 offers if it's priced a little low. I wouldn't say like low ball low, but like a little low, like $100,000 low. Um, expect that amount of offers. Uh, next, um, what other ones do we do? We made one in Mountain View. So Mountain View, a single family house listed at around 2 million. My guess, um, it was priced artificially low, but that still had about 17 offers as well. Um, that one didn't go probably too far over what they have bought it for because they bought it two years ago, but just something to be mindful of. And there are several other properties that we didn't make offer on, but we knew I know how much competition there was, likely between 15 to 25 offers as well. So it is interesting to see that this is happening across pretty much all price points. Now, the lower price points, I would say the sub 1 million, those are very intense too. Those have about 30 plus offers. Sorry, there was one in Oakland. Uh, in Oakland, it was a small two bed, one bath, I think a thousand square feet. That one had ultimately uh, 30 offers and it sold for way above uh, market. So uh, East Bay continues to. Um, you know, continue to push upwards is tends to be uh, pretty intense. So those are some of the things just to be mindful of uh, in terms of the general market today. Now, most of these are single family homes. Uh, condos, townhomes are a different story. And so let's take a look at the data right now. So let's take a look at San Mateo County first. San Mateo County, I mean, look how much inventory has come up this week, 145. This actually matches pretty much what has been in uh, right before the shelter in place first happened. So it's not a lot. 
but don't make the excuse that we don't have much inventory. Uh, there is plenty of inventory because we are at the same levels before. Prices in Cemetery County in general, depends on the area, uh, have been relatively flat. But you see the average price point, I'm sorry, has been a minor decline actually. You can see the average price points is at around 1.7-ish. Condos Town Home, a little bit different story. It's picked up a good amount. So this is a, a different trend uh, that's happening altogether. Something to be mindful of. Next, let's take a look at Santa Clara County. Santa Clara County, look how much new listings came on this week. 368. Lots of options for a lot of people. This is a little lower than pre-shelter levels, but we're only about 40 less, so about 10% less than what it was pre-shelters uh, levels. But look at these prices. Look at the change that has, ap uh, that has happened. Um, actually, I think I need to redo this. I think there was some weirder to show this amount. So I'll have to recalculate that. I think this number is a little off. So I'll redo this, uh, this number, looking at it twice. And same with uh, the townhomes. I wonder if some of the information is be maybe missing altogether. The chart is somewhat uh, a little different. I'll get back to you guys. I'll update this so you can see for yourself. But my guess and from what I see is going to be we're going to hit record amounts. Now you can see though that the number is going to be still likely a little bit lower than it than it was in San Mateo County, um, but it's continued to pick up. So we may actually see a crossing, uh, which has not happened in a very very long time. Something to be mindful of. Uh, similar with Alameda County, I think some of the the data that came out might be a little bit off. I will make those changes. Uh, but my guess in Alameda County, given what I've seen. It may not be reflected right away, but it will be reflected likely at the end of the month that we should see, uh, you know, record highs. In Contra Costa County, you can see there's been some anomalies from the market that has been pulled up, but we will continue to see record highs in Contra Costa County as well. As you can see, it has continued to increase and has increased a lot over the last year. I mean, this is a this is about over two hundred thousand versus the eight hundred thousand dollar mark, which is 25% increase in one year. And the condos and townhomes have continued to have a small uh, increase too. So I hope this was helpful. As you can see every week, I go over the data. I go over my thoughts as to from a macro level of my somewhat projections of where I see the market going and where things are heading. And then I show you the cases in this case too of where the prices are going. And then uh, Brian, thank you for tuning in. San Fran home prices are dropping. You should separate single family condo prices. I actually do. I don't update this every uh, every week as the other markets, but then I do it every uh, month. However, it is a good point. It You also have to segment it too. Single family has been very strong still, interesting enough, in San Francisco. And you can see from the price charts too. The caveat, the condo market is not the same. Right, so the condo market has has dropped, but it hasn't dropped as much as people may think. You can see the average is one two eight, and let's say the highs, if you want to say, is, I mean, even even all the way in June and July, the highs I'd say was one four ish. So it has dropped by about hundred thousand. So from a percentage perspective, maybe about seven eight percent. So, oh, sorry, I make this bigger for you guys to see. So, yeah, so it has it's certainly a divide, and there's certainly a lot more listings that. A contingent pending a week than uh, single family, but it may not be. It's not as crazy as one may think, but it does present really good opportunities for those in individuals that want to take this bet because 
it's one of the very, very few markets that you actually have a lot of options to look into, which is very unique in this situation too, especially with where interest rates are, it just compounds just the spread of your monthly amount versus if you just bought it a year ago. But thank you for your comment and thanks for tuning in. However, as you can see, you saw a lot of the information every week. I just go over my candid feedbacks. I just show the data, also explain how I think of the market. If you or anyone you know is considering to buy, sell, or invest in the Bay Area, reach out anytime. Um, I would love the opportunity to help you every step of the way. This has been a great medium for me through either social media, so you can connect with me on Instagram. You can connect with me uh, sending by sending me an email or send me a text at any time. And we can talk about your journey and talk about the plan. Uh, whether you're considering to buy at this time or you want to buy sometime in the future, it's never too early to have a conversation and I'll be able to help you every step of the way. Thanks for tuning in to another episode and I'll see you at the next one. Bye now. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.